Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I am Brandon Humrick here with my lovely co-host, Miss Taylor Kaufman. Hello, hello. And this is another episode of the Off the Books podcast. Uh, this week, we are looking at the Kiss Quotient by Helen Hwang. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I did not finish this book. I didn't finish the last one, so I feel like it's fair. <laughs> I feel like it's only fair. Yeah, I um, honestly, it, it took me a little bit to, to really get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the love hypothesis when we did that. Yeah. Uh, this just, it, I don't know. I, I know that, that our main character in this one had some some kind of issues that she was dealing with, but it was just very, very cringy for me. And it yeah. it made it kind of hard to listen to. Because I'm the type of person, like, if I, if, if I see a person on TV or hear of a person going through those type of, of moments... You get secondhand embarrassment? Yes. And yeah. it, ma- it makes me cringe <laughs> for them. A hundred percent. So it, it, was, it was very hard for me to listen to it. Yeah. But that's not to say that it wasn't a good book. I feel exactly. like it, it, the I listened to probably half of it, maybe a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. It, it was excellently written. Yes, it, it really was. I I thought the problems that the main character was dealing with were very. I mean, they were very not close to home, but it was very, very easy. realistic. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. And then after what you had told me about the author and how mm-hmm. she had firsthand experience with it, like, it made a lot more sense. Yeah. So, um, why don't you go ahead and get into the, into the synopsis there, T? Beautiful. So, the kiss quotient. So, the synopsis for this book is, uh, Miss Stella Lane thinks math, math is the only thing that unites the universe. She comes up with algorithms to predict customer purchases, a job that has given her more money than she knows what to do with and way less experience in dating de- in the dating department than the average 30-year-old. It doesn't help that Stella has Asperger's and French kiss scene reminds her of a shark getting its teeth cleaned by pilot fish. Her conclusion, she needs a lot of practice with a professional, which is why she hi- hires uh, escort Michael Fan, Fon, however you say it. The Vietnamese and Swedish stunner can't afford to turn down Stella's offer and agrees to help her check off all the boxes in her lesson plan from foreplay to more than missionary position. Before long, Stella can not only learn to appreciate his kisses, but to crave all the other things he's making her feel. Soon, their no-nonsense partnership starts making a strange kind of sense, and the pattern that emerges will convince Stella that love is the best kind of logic. So, I liked this book I think because it was after knowing what the author has been through. So her daughter is the one with uh, uh, Asperger's disease, uh, high functioning autism. Mm -hmm. I think I found a more appreciation for the book because Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you know, my Deanna's kid has has autism and he's adorable kid. So to have a book like this and know that it's written by someone who understands it yeah. makes me more respect, like respecting the book. Right. If it was like me who wrote it, I don't have a kid or a close friend that has right. autism. I don't have the knowledge to write a book like this. So it makes sense. And I even told Deanna she needs to, to read this because it was, it was one of those books that I'm like, it's cringy, like you said, but right. I, 
I did like it in in that way because it is cringy. That's the real world. Everything's cringy. Well, hopefully after this episode, Deanna will sit here and listen to it and then be like, you know what? I think I need to read this book. Yeah. And honestly, I, I even though I didn't finish it, it, it was very well written. And I hope a lot of you, when you hear all of these episodes, are like, I... I would really like to go back and read this book now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love this book. I, I thought, because I read this book after The Love Hypothesis. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you that I liked The Love Hypothesis better. Yes. Um, But I, I did love the cringiness to this book, yeah. weirdly enough, because it was more realistic than a... Right professor falling in love with his students yeah and you know it's it's funny that i i liked that book as much as i did because it was almost like watching or reading a fucking hallmark movie yeah and i talk shit on hallmark movies all the time <laughs> because it's all my mom watches yeah but i think people like their hallmark movies i think they have yes. a, they have a, a audience for a reason Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. That's why they've been able to continue doing what they're doing. Yeah. And that's why books like this and like the love hypothesis. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything has got its own audience. Yeah. It's just finding your right niche. Yeah. That's why Colleen Hoover can get rich off of so many books that are somewhat similar. Right. Because, and I'm not bashing on Colleen Hoover people. I just, I love that woman. But she has a niche for writing these Hallmark kind of books that, you know, either the woman or the man has their problems and I don't want love kind of thing. And then all of a sudden they all love each other. Well, I don't know if, if I would necessarily classify Layla as a Hallmark movie. <laughs> that was, that was one more of a few. Of, that was more of a sci-fi channel mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely has its own niche. And that's probably why Layla is our third most listened to episode right now. It is. Yeah. Because, so. I mean, Layla was has its own and it was a, an excellent, base. excellent book. Yeah, so. of course. And Colleen Hoover, like I said, if you want to sponsor us, I love you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking love that woman. Um, but let's get into it. So, exactly. Let's do this. So Kiss Quotient, it starts out in chapter one as uh, Stella and her parents at brunch um, on a weekend on Saturday. They're being ha She's being hounded uh, about how she doesn't have a date yet. She doesn't have a boyfriend, not even a girlfriend. And she, they, her parents want grandbabies. So she's like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm doing so well in my job. I, I've just gotten two promotions in two quarters. Like, I'm, I'm doing fantastic in my career. Why and, can I not just stay here? And she's only 30. Yeah. Like, you don't need to be rushing into shit. My parents were in their, their mid-30s when they had me. Exactly. And, and by, the, by the base of this book, like, she's a very well career-oriented woman she does well for herself like she's very smart yeah. so it it for her parents knowing her issue not issues but knowing her disability per se correct and trying to force on grandbabies and dating knowing that people right. with autism it can be hard uh it kind of irked me a little bit well, and it wasn't really her parents. It was more her mother than anything. Her, yeah. her dad was kind of like, you know, just... Focus on work. Not even focus on work, but just like, be, just be true to yourself. Yeah. Do do what's going to make you happy. And if work is what makes you happy... Makes you happy. Keep doing that. Exactly. And that's why she voluntarily worked seven days a week. Which is crazy. And so after this date, she was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta leave. But her mom said... Hey, I'm throwing another benefit event soon. If you don't have a date in that time frame, 
I will find one for you. Again. Again. So she goes, okay, well, I'm going to be excused now and go to work. So, well, And they even suggested one of her co-workers. Yes, Philip. Yeah, Philip. That, you know, they had met and they were like, oh, he's a nice guy. And she's like, mm-hmm. well, I think he's got some, I think he's kind of fucked up. Yeah, I think he They're has They're like, issues. oh, well, th- he would fit well with you then. And <laughs> exactly. It's like, Fucking what? Yeah, she was like, I think he has issues. And they're like, well, you also have issues. <laughs> it's like, what? What are you trying to say? But. Uh, like, Damn, mom. Like, just fucking throw me under the bus and continue. <laughs> like, just back over me, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So Stella leaves uh, and goes to work. And I. I don't know if this was on a Saturday or a Friday or whatever, but Philip was at work at this time. It was a Saturday. He yeah. said he, he said he came back to get something from his office, mm-hmm. which, which was, was a, a box of condoms. A Costco-sized box of condoms. economy size. You could feed a community with this size box of condoms. Because he had a date with the intern mm-hmm. and was like, oh, I think I'm going to need these tonight. As soon as I heard that, I was like, if this bitch ends up with this motherfucker at the end of the book, <laughs> I swear to God. I was I'm like, if this is it. her, if this is her night, I swear to God, I'm throwing my fucking phone. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing it. And he tells her, and I quoted this because it pissed me off. He said, "Have a good weekend because I definitely will." Like, and that pissed me off. There, I've heard this for years. It's been told to me at times. There, there's a fine line to walk between confidence and cockiness. Yes. This dude was about two states over in cockiness. Okay. The guy I went on a date with was two states over with cockiness. It, it's one thing to be confident in what you do in your job and and in your life and be just confident person. And then there's being cocky and being ridiculous. And I could not stand throughout that dinner. I mean, I tend to feel like I'm confident, but I'm also ridiculous. But I you don't, are. I don't try to cross into the cockiness. It's when people try to cross, cross into the cockiness mm-hmm. level. I don't think you hit cocky yet. I love that you inserted the word yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyways, in this, so he, he tells her to have a good weekend and that she's still working and this is ridiculous. And he asks her, which I hated this. It was so cringy and it annoyed me and I wanted to punch him in the face. He said, Philip says, uh, or asks her if she was still a virgin. Because right. of how she was acting to the box of condoms and exactly. stuff like that. Exactly. And just how she was with her work. She's like, yeah. oh, you know, smart girls like you are normally still virgins by this point. It's mm-hmm. like, motherfucker, are you kidding me right now? She can't get some envy smart? Jesus. Well, not only that, you would just straight up come out and say that about one of your fucking coworkers? That, that fucked me up. Just because my work right now is just always like... Sexual assault awareness, sexual prevention, stuff like that. So well, you, that al- you also work for the government, and that's kind of a big thing in fucking both of our fucking professions right now, even though I, I work with about 15 people and only one of them is a woman. That is true. But there's a decent amount of women that do work in the parks and recreation mm-hmm. field. Yeah. So he tells her, though, after she said, he was like, how many people have you slept with? Like three. And, she, and in the book, she was like, I don't want to tell him he's right kind of thing it was but the same was thing three. in the audiobook yeah but she is like kind of taken back by it she doesn't want to answer and he tells her that practice makes perfect and that she should practice more so that more men would like her so she ends up telling her to, or she ends up telling him to leave her office and then slams the door when he leaves and uh looks up male escort services in, Cal- in uh san francisco because she's like, 
maybe he's right. Maybe I do need practice mm-hmm. with this. I haven't had a whole lot of dating at, like practice and the three guys that I've been with, I've just kind of laid there while they've done their thing and it hasn't and she tenses up and yeah. like blocks it out. Well, I mean, with some for someone with Asperger's like that or someone that's even on just the, the spectrum, mm-hmm. they physical contact can be a huge trigger for them. Of course. And if the person that they're with doesn't understand that. It's they're, terrible. They're not going to know what's going on in that person's mind. Exactly. But she also doesn't want to tell people what's going on with her because she doesn't want to feel like they're pitying her or mm-hmm. they're walking on eggshells around her. Yeah. Which I do understand. Of course. I do understand that. Yeah. But it, it it's also just the, the fact that, you know, to me, for her having to say that she was just kind of like, get it over with kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they didn't realize her tension of like, this is not, I'm not fine. Exactly. Definitely makes me think it's borderline sexual assault. But that's just me. I mean, people, I mean, it's whatever you think. But I mean, it's, she was consensual adult at this time, but it's still like, you don't understand she has Asperger's disease, which is one issue that they they don't know. But she also tensed up and was like, you can, if you don't have Asperger's disease, you can read signs better than somebody with on the spectrum. So you should be able to back the fuck off of her. Exactly. But so in the second chapter, we meet Michael, which I am obsessed with Michael. So, so was Stella mm-hmm. after about their second meeting. Yes. <laughs> I think it was after the first, really. And she, she, was- she even says she's like there with, with me, there's, you, you know, I'm, kind of interest there's there's no in between there's no kind of interested in or interested in Mm -hmm. it's either i'm not interested in it or i'm obsessed with it yes like her work exactly and that's why she's she's got her her system that she does at work like she comes in she does one thing then the next thing and Mm -hmm. it's the same thing every day yeah because she needs that that type of routine routine yeah and she does the same thing at home yeah as we find out later yeah so this chapter we meet michael and he is our quote-unquote male, male escort. And he's going through his mail, and he sees a lab result and a bill. And he's like, well, which one should I open up first? Right. Do I want to see how much I owe somebody with my apartment? Or his mom has cancer in this book, so do I have to open up that? Or do I realize I have an STD? Right. So he opens up the lab result first, and he is thankfully relieved that everything was negative. And he starts getting into the mindset of working for that night because it was a Friday and he only works on Fridays. Correct. So he looks up who he was meeting with and he sees that it's a woman in her and that's 30 and her name's Stella. So he instantly thinks, A, she's like, if it says 30, there's no way in hell. She's probably like 50, Mm -hmm. 40s or 50s. And her name is not Stella. Correct. And his, her only comment on it was, please do not wear cologne. Correct. Because that, he doesn't know this at the time, but that was a sensory thing for her. And it mm-hmm. re- really annoyed her. Mm-hmm. Um, so he grabbed everything he would need, keys, wallet, phone, condoms, stuff like that, and left to meet her. And before he left, he took his shower, stuff like that, got ready by, you know, you know, pleasing himself in the shower a little bit, get him, get him himself worked up. 
and he was trying to fantasize. Okay, is this like a teacher-student kind of thing? Is this going to be, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, so he decides to go with hot for teacher. Hot for teacher. And, and I thought it was interesting that he got himself close. Mm-hmm. And that this was such, uh, listening to this at work was such a weird fucking scene to listen to. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> so he gets himself, I thought it was interesting that he got himself close, but he wouldn't allow himself to finish mm-hmm. so that it wouldn't take as much time later in the night. But if you, if so, cause, because you didn't finish this book, it kind of explains that a little bit because mm-hmm. he didn't want to be with those people for long. Correct. No, it, it, so, it was obvious in the parts that I read yeah. that he didn't want to be with them long because he would talk about, you know, getting finished with his, his mm-hmm. night escorting and then be like, oh, I'm counting the minutes until, like, I can leave. Yes. Or something like that. And then he was like, but with, with Stella, like, I just want to spend more time with her. Yeah. So he meets up with this woman and he's trying to look around this restaurant. He's like, okay, I see one woman... And she's like in her forties, and this must be the woman. So he, she she's she's an Asian woman. She's you yeah. can tell she's she's a businesswoman. Like she's she's the type that like okay, he's she's gonna be doing this because she needs a release. She's looking mm-hmm. for someone to kind of dominate for the night. And he's like, well, I guess I'll get this fucking over with. Yeah. But then another man sits down with her. Exactly. And then he's he like, sees oh, another woman who happens to be the real Stella sitting in the corner of the restaurant and so he walks up to her and he's not sure but she's, because she's been looking over his profile for so long and obsessing about it she's like he's like i don't think i'm at the right place stella and she's like yeah yes i'm i'm stella michael hi and they they, 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 they exchange pleasantries and yeah. then sit down and she's immediately like Looking at the menu, trying to make small talk. The fish is good here. Yeah. Uh, but don't 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 have any lamb or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like because one of her last partners had lamb, and she said it tasted wooly when she which kissed that was, him. That was such an interesting mm-hmm. description of how lamb would taste. It tasted yeah. wooly. Tasted wooly. But I mean, I understand to an extent. Like I like we talked about this earlier. Like. There are things that I get overstimulated with, so I can I can't even imagine what people on the spectrum feel when you know I'm a loud person when they're around me or when they're around bright lights or whatever mm-hmm. the case is. So it's just I I can only imagine what they feel. But yeah, I mean, there's there's two scenes later in this book that at least I got to mm-hmm. where she has complete sensory overload. Yeah, um, and just it it just she. The first time she nearly throws up and the mm-hmm. second time like she ends up causing a scene and an issue for Michael that she was not trying to do. No. At all. She she wanted to make a an, a great impression but she did not mm-hmm. and it it turned out completely wrong for her. Exactly. So um so they're hanging out, they're eating dinner and they end up um talking more about things after they're eating dinner. And she tells him that she wants to use him every single week for a few months, every mm-hmm. Friday that, that he's available, so that he can teach her to have sex and teach it well. Right. And he ha- he's sitting there thinking, like, I've got a rule that there's there's no... I don't do... Repeats. Repeats. Yeah. 
because I, they I, get obsessed. I had done repeats. They get obsessed. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a good thing. Which is kind of a small compliment for him if they get obsessed. Correct. But I'm just going to leave that there. But he should take it more of, of like a, well, a from, good thing. From the way he's described, he's a, a tall man. He's muscular. Mm-hmm. He's good looking. Of course. Like uh, as most protagonists in these type of books seem to be. They're taller mm-hmm. than average. They're good looking. They're good with things in, at home and whatnot. Yeah. Like they, you know, of course, they always care deeply about their family. It's 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 a Hallmark movie. It is. <laughs> so <laughs> they should make this into a Hallmark movie. It would do well. It would do well, and I actually want to see this in a Hallmark movie. This yeah. would be great. I would if probably they stick to it. I, I would probably watch it. Yeah, if they stick to the actual book, I would love to see this reiterated in, in film. Yeah. Or at least I would eat dinner with my parents while this is on in the background. Exactly. <laughs> and and have secondhand embarrassment. But so they they go up to their uh, to Stella's room. Um, in the hotel after dinner and she goes to the bathroom feeling sick to her stomach and she's trying to think things through and she's brushing her teeth like she always does because that's routine Um, and she sees him in the mirror behind her leaning against the doorframe and she notices how attractive he is and how much she likes him just leaning against the doorframe and then notices he has a tattoo peeking out of his uh, arm sleeve. And so she asks to see it, and he's like, okay, uh, go ahead. And she doesn't move his, his sleeve up. She just kind of is touching it through, and he lifts up his, his uh, shirt sleeve and is... Lifts letting... it up. He takes the whole fucking shirt off. Well, at first he just lifts it up, and then was like, okay, well, because she asks, how far does it go? And he's like, it goes down to my thigh, because <laughs> it's like from his arm down his chest onto his hip and yeah. high it's it's a, a huge dragon. fucking tattoo it's a it's a goddamn dragon it's awesome i don't know if i'd have it but it's awesome i was picturing it as shenron from dragon ball z yeah <laughs> <laughs> so she is taking notice of it she's following it down his body um after he takes off his shirt and he's getting turned on from this because he's like i didn't realize how attractive this woman would be and so at this point she's taken her glasses off. She's let her hair, hair down. down. Yeah. Yeah. So Class, classic stereotypical librarian, apparently mm-hmm. where, oh, I, I didn't notice how how beautiful this woman was until they took off their glasses and let their hair down kind of thing. Like, is this the uh, the main chick from uh, not another teenage movie? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> this is exactly what that is. So they he actually they start holding each other, like hugging each other. And he notice or she notices that he's already hard, and she's like, "Oh, I don't understand how you can be turned on in this situation. We're just, I just touched your tattoo and I'm hugging you." She's like, "I love how she's like, I didn't notice, didn't notice until a little bit later the significant bulge from mm-hmm. his pants." Mm-hmm. It's like Jesus Christ. Significant is the word I hung on to. Like, oh, God. Okay, here it comes. Here it fucking comes. (laughs) But I liked how long it took for, like, the buildup for for this couple. I was about four hours in. Mm -hmm. It's, like, halfway through. Yeah, I want to say, I think it's, it's like, nine and a half hours, and I think I was Mm -hmm. four hours in when when that that did happen for the first time. Yeah. So she asks him to kiss him at this point. 
and or to kiss her sorry and he's like okay well where do you want me to kiss you and she's like well kiss my temple and he does kiss my cheek he does which the temple was interesting because when mm-hmm. she left the the meal with her parents her father kissed her on the mm-hmm. temple and she felt comfort from that yes so that was the first I, I thought it was interesting that that was the first place that she asked him to kiss her yeah and i think only certain people would actually pick up on that yeah of like the kiss of comfort on the temple she asking him to do that because that gave her comfort correct with that being the first place she was like if, if he starts there like it can i can it can help me relax exactly and work its way down right so she's like okay kiss my temple kiss my cheek corner of the mouth not on the mouth but corner He's like, oh, we're getting very close to actually on the lips kind of thing. Kind of teasing her a little bit. Mm -hmm. Not knowing she doesn't really understand the teasing. Correct. So they start kissing and she's like, she, she mentions feeling entangled in it all. And she thought if kissing could be like this, then what could the rest be like? Correct. And Michael leads her from the bedroom or to the bed from the bathroom because they were in the bathroom when this happened. Correct. And so they're getting comfortable in bed. They're kissing. She, he's trying to touch her and unbutton her shirt because she only wears like button down shirts and a pencil, pencil skirt. Yeah. That's like the only outfits that she wears. All like monotone too. Like, Seven days a week. And her bra and underwear is like that too. All monotone, like skin color. And kind I, of I love that she explains it. She's just like, this is the most functional. Mm-hmm. This is the most functional. Like I don't. I don't not, need anything else. I'm not looking for something sexy. I'm looking for something functional. Yeah. Which is interesting that she didn't try to wear, like, power suit pants. Yeah. Because I, I'm i that person, like, I feel unfunctional in skirts or mm-hmm. dresses. I feel very comfortable in pants. Yeah. But to each their own. So they're getting comfortable. She's, you know, they're hanging out. And... She starts tensing up and crying, and he was like, well, I can't have sex with you if you're tensing up and crying. So then he suggests that they just cuddle and watch a movie. But when they're cuddling and watching a movie, she also uh, was saying how he looks like a K-pop star, and he talks about that as well. He's like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not just a K-pop star. I don't, I'm not as good looking. You know, my sisters say that that's weird. I don't, I don't want to hear that. So, you know, they're cuddling and, and watching a movie, which happens to be a Kung Fu kind of movie. And he tells her that if she wants to be more comfortable, that she should lose her clothes. And she gets a little uncomfortable with this, but starts taking off her clothes anyways Starts unbuttoning, putting her uh, skirt and pant or skirt and shirt on the bedside table. But she does this thing every time when this kind of stuff happens that she has to fold up her clothes and put them on the bedside table. She can't just loosely fly them and throw them anywhere. It has to be folded up. Um, And this is just kind of like a, a routine thing that she does where she folds up her clothes and puts them on the bedside table. So he suggests, um, at, well, after they, she gets undressed and is just down to her bra and panties, that when they're cuddling and watching a movie, they talk about sword fighting and they're hanging out, they're having a good time. She m- makes note of like 
this is good conversation for them during this movie. And she ends up falling asleep on him. But when she wakes up, she gets very uncomfortable because she can feel how much she's sweating. Right. She's like, I didn't I didn't shower last night. Like, I'm dirty. The sheets are dirty. Thank God they're not mine. Yeah. Like, I haven't done any of my routine. I didn't brush my teeth. I didn't get my pajamas on. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing like that. Like, I I was like, okay, this, this girl has got herself in, like, her routine is fucked. And now it's like her entire day is going to be fucked because of this. Yes. And it's very easy for n- only people with you know, OCD or, you know, on the spectrum or anything like that. It's very easy if they're out of a routine, it's very easy for their whole rest of the day to be ruined. Right. Well, it's, and it's not even that, like, it's just people who are, are creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're not, you know, on the spectrum or you're OCD or whatnot, yeah. if you're, if your routine gets messed up, like it throws your whole day mm-hmm. off, like with myself. And I yeah. was, I was actually thinking about this when I was, when I was doing this, cause I, I mow at work in a very specific way. I, I mow each park in sections. Yeah. And if I can't do the park in that section, like it throws me off and it pisses me off. Like yeah. I was literally listening to this book while I'm mowing one of my parks and there was a bunch of people just continuing to go through this one area of the park. So I, I had to stop mowing that in the middle of it, go to another section and then come back and it threw the rest of mm-hmm. my fucking day off. Yeah. Like... I feel like that when, because when I go to sleep and when I had, when I was with my ex-boyfriend, he thought this was the weirdest thing because I had such a routine before I went to bed. I had to rebrush my hair before I went to bed, put it up in a certain way. If it didn't feel right or if it felt too tight or too loose or whatever it was, I can always, and it's hard to explain. Like I knew what felt right Mm -hmm. when putting up my hair in like a bun or a ponytail or whatever. But if it didn't feel right, I took it back out shook out my head, rebrushed it, and did it all again. I probably do it like three or four times a night, mm-hmm. every night, because that's just how I am. You know who would understand that feeling? Golfers. Mm-hmm. People who play golf consistently enough that like they know when they get up to take a shot, if they're not, if they don't feel, like with, with myself, I play, mm-hmm. I, I try and play at least once a week with my friends, if, if not, try and play more. Yeah. Uh, if I don't feel right when I approach the ball and set my club to try and make a shot, mm-hmm. I, I back away from it, completely go through my entire cycle again, and then try and reapproach. Exactly. Because like if I if if it's just a little bit off, like I'm aware, mm-hmm. is this isn't gonna I'm not gonna hit this right. It's gonna come off the the close end of the club. It's gonna come off the far end of the club. I'm gonna completely miss. Yeah. I'm gonna duff it. I'm gonna shank it. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going to waste this shot. Yeah. And it's 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 so annoying too. Yeah. Like and people it, when people don't need a routine like that or can't understand that, it really pisses me off cuz it's like how do you do things every day and it just be okay with it happening right. that way differently every day? Like I don't get it. But that's just my craziness too. Well, I mean with with myself, I with my job, I'm doing the same thing a lot. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like I, I have 13 parks that I mow. I have to mow all of them every week yeah. or every week and a half, two weeks. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do it in that order, like it just, it, oh, it, it kills, it yeah. kills me. I mean, same that, with my that, job. If that, I don't do things as an assistant in order, it throws off my, the rest of my day. And if my mm-hmm. day is thrown off, then my boss's day is thrown off because right. I don't feel like I can do my job correctly. Right. 
So and it's like, and if I have to skip stuff, like I'm forgetting things, and mm-hmm. like then I'm worrying about it until the next day, and then I've got to go back to that park, and then I'm like, okay, no, 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 I did this, and then I got to continue moving on. It's like, yeah, <sighs> kill me now. So annoying. You can't kill me now. <laughs> so she wakes up from this, realizes her routine was messed up, and Stella sees that Michael is still there, but getting out of the shower. So he's almost dressed. He's he's finishing up some stuff, um, but not completely dressed. But she's seeing how toned he is in his body and how nice he looks she's like huh huh that man Mm. you so she asks him because because the night before he says i don't know about the lessons i'll have to have a thought process on it basically uh, of where you're at if you're really serious about this so she asks him will they continue their lessons and he politely declines and says that he doesn't think he should be doing it, A, because he doesn't do repeats, and B, because it's just not something he thinks he can help her with. Um, and so she tells him, you know, hey, if, if you think of any of your colleagues that might be able to help me uh, and be patient with me like you are, uh, that would be great if you could give me give me names and I'll go back to the, to the male escort page, which he kind of like gets upset with her at this point mm-hmm. And is like, you don't know these people. Like yeah. they, the, the picture might seem like something, but they can be a completely different person. They're not all nice. Yeah. So he tells her that he, you know, he'll, he'll see what he can do, but he, in his, internally, he's like, I'm not giving her a single name. Right. Because he knows that these people will take advantage of her. So. And he leaves. He leaves because she gets mad at him. He leaves. She locks the door and then realizes that she had put on his shirt and was still wearing it. And she freaks out. She has a little freak out moment of, oh, my God, like, I'm never going to learn how to have a relationship. I'm never going to learn how to have sex. Like, this is just me now. I'm just always going to be a person with autism. And she hears somebody at the door and she's like, well, this is way too early for like housekeeping well, or anything she, like that. She initially thinks it is housekeeping mm-hmm. to make sure to see if she's gone yet. Yeah. And then she answers it. And it's Michael again saying that, that the most he will do is the three lessons. Three dates. Three dates. And then they will start and they start kissing again. And her mother calls in the middle of it. I thought it was interesting that when he, she answered the door, he was out of breath. Mm-hmm. Almost like like he like ran he had ran all the way back, and I think he did. Oh, I definitely think he did. I, I mean, if you if you do ever finish this book and read to the end, I have no doubt in my mind that this man had run back to this door to to talk to her. Right, because he he had even kind of known, like the that night when they were cuddling. Like, I hate cuddling. Mm-hmm. I only do it because it's like I have to do it because I'm getting paid for it. And then I'm like, all right, your time's up. Like I'm getting the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. But he spent the night, but he spent the night. He had even gone to his car, gotten an overnight bag mm-hmm. and like brought it back up with him. Yeah. And like gotten back in the bed with her and cuddled and even, you know, done mm-hmm. his thing in the morning, waited until, you know, she was awake yeah. before he left. Yeah. So. After the next chapter of this, after they have their makeout session, the mom calls and all that stuff, uh, we next find Michael sparring with his cousin, Quan. 
and his younger but brother Kai is also there and introduced as well. Quan's younger brother Kai. Kai, yeah, Quan's. Oh, did I say that wrong? Well, I just you didn't, but I just wanted to make okay. sure people understood. understood. Yeah, so Quan's not younger brother Kai mm-hmm. was introduced as well at this point, and Michael says that uh, in in his own mind, not to anybody, but he. He kind of thinks that Stella reminds him of of Kai, uh, who happens to also have autism and be on the spectrum, um, in the way that they speak and act. But he he doesn't make a connection. He doesn't make a connection yet, and he's like, eh, maybe it's just me being me. I, my I thought thoughts. it was interesting that of all the things they could be sparring with, it was Kendo. Mm-hmm. I thought, I, I thought that was interesting because that's something you don't see a whole lot of no. outside of, you know, at least for myself, I don't see a whole lot of outside of Japanese media. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, and I mean, this is a Vietnamese family, mm-hmm. so I did think that was interesting that they at least kept that. Yes. Um, that made me happy that, that the author kept that part. Mm-hmm. And um, so Quan starts talking about what he does, what, what does Michael do on Friday nights and hey, we're going out to a club on this night Can you on Friday. Can you please join us? And he's like, hey, I don't... I can't. I, I, have, I have other things happening on Friday night. I really can't. Because he's embarrassed of saying he's an escort. You know, he doesn't... He, he doesn't want his family to know, which I... I, I get. Yeah, I, it, I... I would never be an escort, but if... If, you if I was, that's something I wouldn't want to tell my family, especially my cousin, who also happens to be my best friend. Yeah. Like, and I, it, it definitely seems like there had been a, a kind of a, a bridge within their relationship mm-hmm. within the last few years, which at this point, Michael's been an escort for three years. Yeah. Which, I mean, you find out he needs the money because mm-hmm. of, uh, because of his mom and, and this, all this shit that goes on with his dad and, yeah. and whatnot. Like his dad's an asshole. Yeah. But I mean, at this point he says, you know, I can't hang out on Friday. And Quan says, look. You know, you, you've been distant uh, uh, very lately, right. as of late, and I, I just want to hang out with you more often. I want us to be closer again, like we were. He was like, okay, you know, yeah. end of conversation, whatever. And, but then Quan's like, is it is it a woman? Like, do you mm-hmm. not want to introduce her to your mom or to the family? Like, is, is it, you know, someone special to you? And he's like, there's no one special in my life. Yeah. There's, there's no, Michael's like, there's no one special in my life. I'm not seeing anyone. It's mm-hmm. nothing like that. Yeah. So a week goes by for the next chapter and Michael and Stella meet again and Stella goes over in the same hotel room or same hotel. They go over her lesson plans. I say that in quotations because it's not like a damn teacher. Like she literally has lesson one foreplay. No, no, or, no, no. Lesson one um, hand, hand jobs, jobs. Mi- and, and then missionary position. Yeah. And she's like, hand job, hand job, uh, uh, review, review, hand job. It was so funny. It was like hand job. Uh, what's like the, I'm like, listen, I'm listening. Not description, but like, um, when you actually do like do something in a crowd, like for a crowd. Well, it's like, it's like performance. She she was asking for performance reviews on hand job and like, she was like, uh, lesson on hand job. Uh, demonstration. Demonstration is the word I was. Hand job performance, then re- review, then mm-hmm. missionary position, and it's like, mm-hmm. I'm like listening to this, like, oh my fucking god. Yeah. And and Michael's getting upset. Yeah. Seeing these and like, 
he's like, I really just want to rip up these lesson plans. Yeah. And I, I don't know how you felt about him, his reaction to that, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of understood what he was feeling mm-hmm. because it's almost like she sees him as only, you know, a, an object. Uh, uh, yeah, an object instead yeah. of as a person. And I know that's not what she was trying to do. But it's the way it came across. But it's the way that it came across. And I think he, he understood that in a a more baser understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, she's she's not trying to put it across like this, but this is just the way that she she does things. Yeah, she's very to the point. W- without him knowing... You know, mm-hmm. that she's got autism, that she's got yeah. Asperger's. Because he even mentions, like, you should add foreplay into that because that's a very big thing in sex. You should add taking off. Do you need to, in, in in a teasing, joking sort of way, he goes, what, are you going to add taking off your clothes into the list? And she goes, oh, oh, I should. And and writes it down. And, he, and it takes him back a little bit. And he's like, oh, shit. Like, she's actually not taking right. my joke. She's but very serious about it. this. Yeah. 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 So there, you know, he's like, look, I'm, I, I can, I'm not going over these lesson plans. Like I will unlock you. Like it will be fine. And he uses the words unlock, mm-hmm. which I liked. I, I thought that was funny. But so they, they go up to this room um, after and, and going up, going over these lesson plans and she starts taking off her shirt and her bra and he kind of pulls her close. They get close. She straddles him. Um, when he's fully clothed and he kisses her. And what I found interesting throughout this whole, whole book without him knowing that she has, uh, is on the spectrum. He's always good about asking her, can I kiss you? Mm-hmm. Can I do this? Can I do that? Without knowing that that actually helps her. He's always looking for consent. Yeah. Which I thought was very, for me was a big thing. Like I, I liked that a lot. A lot of, because I always joke with you, like, the some of the books I read are mafia, dark romance. They're, they take their women and they just do whatever, you know? Dark romance? They're fucking smut. Okay, maybe. <laughs> but they're delicious. They are, like, they're fantastic. It's like somebody saying that they still love Twilight right now in this day and age, you know, like it is a taboo kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm so sorry to the Twilight lovers out there, but so they're, they're getting close. They're, they're kissing. Um, He's kissing up and down her body. Um, He's able to actually touch her and touch her, her chest. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when he gets to her lower parts, to her bits. To her bits and touches her there and actually was, he thought was, he it was cool enough and, you know, she did consent to, to you know, being all up in her bits with his hand. Um, she pushes away and she covers herself up and um, she f- has her little freak out moment and he says that maybe next week, you know, we're, we're not going to do any of this. We'll, we'll, we'll slow it back a little bit because this was a little... But she explains that, like, you know, I've never been to that point with anyone but yeah. myself. Yeah, she's like, I've never I've never completed any any moment unless it's myself. She And, and she feels very weird about that. So the next week, it skips to the next week. So they go out for ice cream. 
Um, they start kissing in the shop. It's a very cute thing. She says that mint chocolate chip is my favorite favorite flavor. I cannot get anything else. And he goes, well, I'm going to get something else and you're going to try it. And so he gets um, a matcha flavor. And so she tries it. They She actually ends up liking it. But she even makes a comment, I like it, but not as much as my ice cream. Right. You know, because she's used to the routine. She gets mint chocolate chip. That is her thing. Because statistically, that's the best ice cream. Statistically, it is. And I, I am a huge fan of mint chocolate chip. I mm. will agree. Mm, not so much. It is the best. Dad, Dad will get mad at you because it is the best. Uh, there's also vanilla orange sherbet swirl. So just Not saying. right. Um, you have been stopped. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts taking her, uh, walking her to the bar. And uh, they get to the crowded bar and she meets uh, Quan for the first time. And they're hanging out in this little booth area that she pays for. Because at this bar, you have to pay for those seats for Mm -hmm. a night. So she pays for it. And Michael excuses himself and she sees him talking to this blonde woman at the bar. And they're they're very close. She's getting kind of nervous about it. Uh, And then she sees the, the blonde woman kiss Michael. Right. And she expresses in the book she feels like she's going to be sick uh and kwan helps stella get out outside mm-hmm. really quick uh and that's when kwan finds out that stella's autistic right because uh, she she admits it to him that that he is yeah or that she is she she admits she was like oh, i'm sorry i felt very overstimulated mm-hmm. and he was like oh my uh my younger brother kai is like that he gets very overstimulated but he's autistic and she's it, like, oh, shit, I should not have used overstimulated. That's only. And, and he even asks, he's like, are you, are you, are autistic? you also, also autistic? And she's like, yes. She kind of nods. I yeah. Am. Um, so she, she does, she does tell him, though, that she doesn't want Michael to know. Um, and Michael comes out of the club and says um, that the kiss was not what she thinks. And she's like, I just, I just really want to go home. I, I can't be in there anymore. I, I really want to go home. So they go home. Um, and they go inside to talk and he notices, uh, how, cause he takes her to her house and he notices how empty her house is and it doesn't have and barely any furniture in it. Mm-hmm. And he, she's been living there for five years. So she sits down and tells him a new proposal that she wants to do with him, which is 50 grand a month to be a full time practice boyfriend without the sex part. And she, he, told, he tells her that she, he will let her know at their next lesson on Friday if he agrees to this new proposal. 50 grand a month, though. But he feels bad because he feels like he's going to be taken advantage of her. Agreed. And I think that was like the sweet part of him, of his character. But he also doesn't realize how much she makes. And like that for her is very little. But it... it it was just insane. But so. I, I thought it was interesting how he noticed the piano in her house mm-hmm. and was like, fuck, this girl is like my fucking dream girl. Yeah. She's smart. She's artistic. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell? Yeah. So next time we see Michael is with Quan and they're talking about uh, the conversation about Michael's dad who left him, uh, who, who just up and left. And then his also Michael's mom's health. Um, 
And then they start talking about Stella and if if Quan liked her. And Quan brings up if Michael thinks Stella reminds him of Kai, which she says, yeah, like a little bit. And and he's like, did did she tell you something that I should know? And he's yeah. like, no, 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 she didn't. I just just was wondering if you uh, what what you thought, what you thought. Yeah. So cut over to Stella. She was going to work, but her assistant tells her that she is calling out sick and she had, um, so she ends up having to take her own clothes to the laundry mat to get dry cleaned. So she was getting annoyed because she was like, I don't know where my assistant normally takes my clothes to get and dry cleaned. Now she's got to break her routine. Mm-hmm. Like she, that she normally is going to be late morning. to work. Um, and she, she has to find this laundry, this random dry cleaner. So she goes to this place and she that's gets got, there. That's got the best reviews on Yelp. Yep. But it's a little out of her way. Yes. And she gets there and this older woman had her cut branches off of a tree for her. And then when she did it and sees the branches fall and all this stuff, the older woman leads her inside when she saw her dirty bag of laundry. And she, when she walks inside, she sees Michael tailoring a, a woman's outfit. Mm-hmm. And he, she was about to leave and he notices her. And, she, and in her mind, she's like, oh, my God, it looks like I'm stalking him. It looks like I, I found out where he works. Like, this is terrible for me to see. And so... He rings her up for the the dry cleaning and says, it's fine, no worries. Um, And then also accepts her proposal of the 50 grand for trying to be a practice girlfriend. But she also doesn't know this is like a personal thing for him. Like he actually wants to be her boyfriend. Right. So. And she she ends up meeting his mom and grandmother in the process. In the process. (laughs) And kisses. And he kisses her. And his mother catches them kissing. And invites her to dinner. Yeah. And so she's like, okay. So she goes to dinner that night. And I thought she, it was, I thought it was sweet that she brought chocolates and, ro- ro- and, and, and not flowers. roses, but flowers. Yeah. Because she was like, I looked up on Google that like in Vietnamese culture, mm-hmm. like you're supposed to bring a gift when you go to someone's home or yep. something like that. I thought that was very sweet. A lot of ple- oh, people, a lot of people don't think about that. So I thought that was very sweet that she at least thought about that and, and got something for her, for his parents and or for his mom and his his grandma. So she goes over to dinner and she asks, can I help? They She ends up cutting mangoes, other things, stuff like that, and realizes everything's being being heated up in plastic containers. And she starts freaking out and telling everybody that they should not eat it because it has BPA now in the food. But she's also being completely oversensitized by mm-hmm. two of Michael's sisters fighting. The, the TV. The TV that's got like a Chinese opera on it mm-hmm. at full blast and a piano that's out of tune that's being played in, in another room. Yeah. And so she starts asking again at this point because like, she tells them in the beginning when she first gets there, hey, that piano is out of tune you should hire somebody to, you should never tune it yourself. You you should get it tuned. Yeah. You should never do it yourself. You should always hire somebody to tune it for you. And then she's like, Oh, my, my husband was great at that. Or my, whoever said it, my dad was great at that. Or my husband was great at that. Yeah. Michael's mom is like, my husband always did it. Said he didn't want to spend money on it and always did it himself. Yeah. So she was like, Oh, well, where, where is he? And she didn't respond. And so when they're cutting things and, 
there she's noticing the BPA and the food and all that stuff. She starts asking, okay, well, where's your husband again? Is he going to come back? Is he tuning the piano? And his mom get Michael's mom gets upset and starts going upstairs and crying. Yeah. Stella realizes something's wrong. She doesn't really understand what, but she excuses herself. She leaves the house, goes home and Michael goes upstairs to make sure his mom's okay. Um, and he, he's, he feels for Stella. He's like, I know she didn't mean to make you upset, but that was a mean thing. Not a mean thing, but like she didn't read the room. Right. When normal, not normal, but people off the spectrum can understand to read a room and, and know, hey, maybe don't ask that question. Correct. So. And Stella's like, it's, it's over. Like yeah, this, 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 is this, this is done. Like he's, he's going to tell me that he doesn't want to do it anymore. He doesn't mm-hmm. want He doesn't want any of this. Like, like it's, it's over. Yeah. So Stella goes the next day to see Michael's mom at the shop, at the tailor shop to apologize. And she immediately accepts and invites her to another dinner to come back again some other time. And, uh, Michael is at the same time, Michael is sparring with Quan. Uh, he looks at Kai and sees how uh, there's so many similarities between him, him and Stella. And he asks Quan if Stella told her some, or told him something that he should know. And it finally all clicks mm-hmm. that Stella's autistic. And because he goes, well, why do you think everything at the club, all the noises was getting to her? And he's like, oh, shit, she's autistic. So he goes to her office and talks with her um, and takes her back to his mom's house. But he does not mention that he knows that she's autistic. He just Correct. automatically, you know, instead of judging her, he, he accepts her. And he's like, hey, let's go back to my mom's house. So they go to the house. And when they pull up into the driveway... He texts somebody in the house to turn off the TV before they walk in. So she's more comfortable. Um, They have dinner. She's more relaxed. Uh, You know, Michael is wondering how he ever could have missed the signs because there was a lot of signs and he's seeing it more and more that he's with her. And she helps his sister finish the dishes when they're done cleaning them and all that. And they go home to leave as the fake couple and he says, at a, as a fake couple, they should probably live together. So they start living together, which was interesting. So she wakes up in her bra and underwear. Michael is next to her, and he asks to touch her. They end up doing it. I was say, they, like, they start, li- quote-unquote, living together and yeah. immediately fuck. Yeah. And I literally, that is literally the note I wrote for that whole chapter, was he asks her to touch her, period. They end up doing it, period. <laughs> And because that, I was writing this and there was people around me and I'm like, I probably shouldn't say they fuck like animals. So I was like, let's make it nice and polite. Yeah. But. If, and that, that's, that's where I got to. Yeah. So uh, after all of that, they end up going shopping because um, she, she ends up saying like people who love other people, they buy each other like underwear. So. It was a very interesting concept. She was like, if, if a woman loves a man, she buys him boxers. If the man loves that woman back, he does not buy boxers for himself anymore. He wears the ones that his woman buys him. It's a very weird thing. But she was like, statistically, that's what happens, right? Because she's very statistic based. 
So it was a very interesting thing. So she, you know, after all of that, they, because she, she bought boxers for him without him. Um, but they, they go to dinner for the first time. She leaves work early and gets teased by her coworkers that she's leaving early. So at dinner, she invites Michael to be her date to her mom's benefit dinner. And he says, sure, whatever. And they talk about how he wants to design, he wants to design his own clothesline. And, um, you know, he went to, to New York for this and it didn't work out because of other things, his mom being sick and all that stuff. And he tells Stella that he needs more clothes before going back to her place. So he asks, or she asks him if she can go see his apartment before they, they go back to hers. So they're in his apartment. She's looking around. She's seeing all these things. She's, you know, taking note of everything. And then she ends up on his bed smelling his sheets and pillows because it smells like him. And she's so obsessed with his smell, which I thought was interesting that she did. I was like, that's a weird thing to do. But I understand it. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, it's like the whole thing of like girls like to have like a shirt of their guy because it smells like them. She just body flapped on his bed and just smelled everything. It was just a weird thing. But so they get close again almost have sex and then he realizes he doesn't have a condom and he goes to run out to his car to get it so she's wandering around um around the apartment and realizes that he's in debt for paying for his mother's treatments uh for cancer he all she also knows notices at this point that he lied about his last name when she when they first met and uh that it was probably because he didn't want her stalking she didn't he didn't want her stalking him if they ended it. So he comes back in. He can tell she's upset. And he tell, and she tells him that she wants this to be real between them. She, she does like him. She can't just be not obsessed with him like she's obsessed. And so they make love. So it's a whole... There's so much stuff in this book that happens. And it's, it's very interesting. So... So they're watching a show together and he quote unquote distracts her and takes her to bed. He's, uh, but at this point he's also afraid that she's going to find out about his dad because his dad is a, is a bad dude. Um, and kind of fast forward his, uh, just so when I say his dad's a bad dude, people understand what I'm talking about. His dad stole money from women that he seduced like not just five dollars here or there but like large quantities of money thousands of dollars thousands of dollars and he was famous for being this huge person for for stealing all this money from people so he was afraid that if he ever told somebody his real last name that they would know that he's the son of this evil person so she ends up going over to Michael's house again for dinner for to his his mom's house and she she wears a certain sunflower kind of dress and that he picked out for her because he was like you only wear pencil skirts like you need to wear an actual dress or anything else literally anything else and uh they they eat dinner and his mom shows her 
baby photos of Michael and that's where she sees his real last name. And yet she has she, when she saw it on his bills and stuff, she did not mention any of that. Um, so he doesn't know that she does. She knows his last name. So she sees it in the baby photos and he kind of skips that page really quickly and she pretends not to see it. Um, and then she talks to her, his sister about internships because she wants to be in the same kind of thing that, she, that she wants, Stella's in. Janie wants to get into economics. Yeah. Like, like, like Stella. Exactly. So she talks about that and she's like, Hey, I'll, I'll help you get into it. If you want to have an internship, if you're fine with that, I'll try to get you into to my company. So fast forward, she's getting ready to leave uh, work at lunch to go to the, to the shop where Michael own the family owns. Um, but Philip catches her and asks about this guy uh, that she's been so like crazy about. And he tells her, which God, pissed me off. He tells her that this is not the, the guy that she wants, that he, Philip's the only one that, mm-hmm, that Philip's the guy that she should be with. And that Philip's going to be the guy that she should fall in love with and tries to kiss her. And she was like, or actually does end up kissing her. And she like backs away. She's trying to get away from him. And Philip tells her that she will get used to him like she did with the other guy. And then she goes straight to the shop goes right to the bathroom in the shop and starts rinsing out her mouth with soap to get the taste of Philip out of her mouth. And Michael comes in, gets mad about the situation because she explains it to him. And then they end up having bathroom sex, hmm. which was interesting. Well, I mean, if there's anywhere you're going to do it, I guess the bathroom is, uh, mm-hmm. oh, Lord. Yeah. I mean, if you just had in this, the, the only thing that pissed me off about this chapter specifically was if there's a thing that made you so uncomfortable that you're rinsing out your mouth with soap and water by somebody else assaulting you i don't think i'd if i i'd go straight into sex with with my partner with my partner Mm -hmm. even if they were my partner i don't think i'd go straight into that with that that person if i was just physically assaulted it would it would take me a minute it was weird very much so yeah so Michael makes her a dress for this benefit dinner that she invited him to. And they go to the benefit dinner. They're sitting around a table. It's Stella, Michael, Stella's parents, and Philip, which at this point, Michael doesn't know that that Philip is the Philip that assaulted her. So Philip's mother comes in and joins the situation. Oh, wonderful. Wait for this. Cause, because you didn't get to this part. This killed me when I first read it. Philip's mother is, <laughs> is the psychopath ex-client of Michael. Oh, my God. The blonde that kissed him at the fucking club. Mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are the webs that we weave? Right? So, because... The car that Michael drives, and he mentions this a couple of times. It's a Mercedes M3. Yeah. It's, it was bought by one of his clients, and he said that's why he does not do repeat clients anymore is because this one client was so obsessed with him 
and bought him this nice car that he did accept, but bought him this nice car and did all these things. And he told Stella, do not ever do that to me. And this ex-client was Philip's mother, um, Eliza. And so when they're all at the table together, Eliza starts making comments about Michael and that they used to quote unquote date and Philip is annoyed. He thinks that's disgusting. Um, Stella is trying to control the situation. Um, Stella's parents are kind of disgusted at this point. Uh, so he, Michael himself is, is just upset with himself and upset at the situation that he leaves and walks out. Stella follows him uh, and he breaks it to Stella about um, his dad seducing women and stealing money uh, and that he will never be good enough for Stella. And he at this point, that's when he let it he lets it slip that he knows that Stella's autistic. And so he says he cannot do the arrangement anymore. And he says, I need to go back to your place and collect my things before you get home so that I feel better about leaving. And so you know, he goes his way, she goes her way. And, you know, she's telling her mom that they just broke up. Michael collects all his things at her house and leaves the money that she had paid him, the check that he'd paid, she paid the 50 grand on her bedside table before leaving. So, I mean, I feel like he at least had like a nice mindset. He at least never cashed the check. Right. Because he knew it's like not something he was doing for money. He was doing it for her because he actually cared about this woman. So Stella gets home. She wakes up to see that the check uh, was on the on the bedside table. And she decides that she was going to do things out of routine and try to be this quote unquote normal person. So she's getting ready and she kind of has a freak out moment. She she has a piano at her house. She has a freak out moment where she's playing and then slams her hands on the piano and decides that she's going to go shopping for perfume. For her, perfume is a huge trigger. So this was like a huge one of those self-building moments for her. Um, and Michael's mad at, the, at this point. Michael's mad at the shop and mad that Stella had not reached out at this point because she said that because she's obsessed with him, she is not that person that can't not reach out that she if they ended it she was going to reach out to him she was going to be that person that bought him fine things and was going to call and text and do all this stuff and try and win him back yeah so he's mad that she's not doing what she said she was going to do because he actually wants that to happen and he gets so angry at all the clothes that he had made um for his line that he tears them all up to shreds and then starts to sew the customer's clothes for the orders that need to be made because his mom, uh, for his mom, because, you know, she's still sick. So he's Michael at this point, after, after all that stuff, he's taking his mom to the hospital to get like a checkup kind of thing for her cancer. And when she goes back to another room, uh, he gets surprised, surprising news that a private funder is paying for every bill for his mom uh, and for all the treatments that she'll need from here on out. And that he, his family and a few other families were luck, like lucky winners of this private thing, private program. And he's in shock. He does not tell his mom this because he does not want to say that his insurance 
was not paying for this because he didn't have insurance. He's been paying it out of pocket for all this. So he doesn't want to tell this to his mom. So at this point, Stella also starts to write a resignation letter to her boss because, but she's trying to have, she's trying to have, I'm not saying this right. She's having troubles trying to figure out what does she say to a boss about why she's quitting is because she's thinking about a boy. So she's like, I can't write that. That's weird. Like I'm resigning because of Michael. Like that's weird. She can't say that to a boss. So when she's trying to write this resignation letter, Michael's sister, Janie, comes in for that intern interview and tells Stella that Michael is a mess without her. And um, uh, fast forward a few, because the the book kind of fast forwards at that point. And Michael finds out that his sister did get this internship with Stella Stella's company and tells him that she tells him that Stella looks great and he gets sad that she's not a mess like him. And he goes to Quan and says, hey, um, I can't work at the shop anymore because mom's mad at me for working at the shop. I'm being this downer person. I, I can't work there anymore. Um, and I, I want to I start my own clothing line, but, you know, it's, it's hard right now. Um, so he goes, in the meantime, can you take my spot? You don't like working with your mom. Can you work with mine? So he goes, yeah, no problem. If I can't, at least one of our cousins can. We have a huge amount of, we have a huge family. So then he offers Quan to go 50-50 into a company with his, with Michael's designs and he accepts. So then Stella, back, back to Stella. He, (laughs) Stella fucking asks Philip to go to dinner with him. After all that shit, she asks him to go to dinner with him and the dinner goes by slow. She's trying to zone out. She's she's trying to think of Michael and also just trying to figure out how to leave. And when they are leaving, they're outside of the restaurant and Philip leans down to kiss her. But at the same point, Michael and Quan are also trying to go to dinner. They're across the street from... Um, from Stella and Philip, and he sees her, uh, Michael sees Stella trying to back away from Philip. So he thinks, oh my God, Philip's trying to make another move on her without her wanting to. He crosses the street and punches Philip in the eye, which is very much deserved. I liked that. I thought that was a great time. Because fuck that motherfucker. It was a great time. (laughs) It was a great time in the book for me. I was like, yeah, you hit him, buddy. It was coming. I was waiting for it. So he punches uh, Philip. Stella tells him that, you know, she thinks that she does think that Michael was good enough for her. Um, but she she wants to go home alone. She's she wants to leave. She wants to go home. So he Michael is back a little bit from her, but follows her all the way home to make sure that Philip doesn't follow her and make sure she gets inside. OK, which I think was kind of sweet, creepy, but sweet. Yeah. Like he's turned into the stalker yeah. that he thought that she was going to be turned into. Exactly. So he realizes Michael at this point realizes how much he loves her and decides to go meet back up with Quan and real like tries to make a plan about how to get her back. So Stella that week gets a delivery of flowers from Michael at work and Philip tries to throw them away and she's yelling, you know, Stella's yelling at Philip for trying to throw them away. But Michael calls her that day to ask her to go to dinner. She says no, and he says he takes that as a challenge. 
So he sends her flowers all day, every week, calling her every day to ask her to dinner. She keeps denying it. But on the last day, she walks out of work and he's right there waiting for her. And she argues with him that he, she does not need his pity. And he says that he loves her and he only wants her. She then lets it slip without saying she said it in a different way. And I, I can't even remember how she said it, but because I didn't write the quote, but she lets it slip that she was the person that started this private program to pay for his mom's cancer. Right. Of course she was. Mm-hmm. Because she had a trust fund of $15 million. Right. She put that whole trust fund to this private program for these families. And she said the only way she's going to do it is if his family gets chosen. So he tells her that that is insane and he doesn't know how to thank her. But at this point, he tells her also that in three months, he will ask her to marry her or marry him. And she's like, why are you telling me this? And he's like, so, you know, I don't I know you don't like surprises. So I'm telling you this now. So you're not surprised when I tell you in three months that I want to marry you. So the last episode or not last episode, the last chapter is them engaged and he's opening three stores for his clothes with Quan, and she's accepted a yet another promotion with five direct employees under her and her intern, which is Michael's sister. So it was kind of like a cute little ending. It was all of them together. She has this intern, which is Michael's sister. She has gotten through most of her issues um, that, she, well, that she thinks is issues. Um, and, you know, it's kind of more like, I like to say of, um, oh my gosh, what's a lot of closure, a lot of closure, but there's a certain type of sexuality too, that is like this, where you don't, um, you don't have to be on a spectrum for this at all. Cause my friends like this, where you don't feel sexual towards anybody. It's, it's kind of like you're almost asexual, but it's not asexual. Um, you're, you don't feel sexual or attraction to anybody until you meet the correct person. And then you're like, oh, that's the only person I want to be sexual with. Is that the uh, demisexual that you, demisexual. Talked that you talked about in the love hypothesis? Yes. Demisexual. Yeah. And so I feel like this is very, if she was not. This book was a fucking roller coaster ride. It is. And there's a lot to it. Good Lord. All right. So what would your rating be for this one? What did I say for love hypothesis? I, I'm not the person to ask because I don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> I, I do think this was good. I liked the way it was written. I would give it a 3 out of 5 or 3.5 out of 5. Uh, I would give it a 2.7. Mm-hmm. I would give it a 2.7. Granted, I did not finish it, so I don't, yeah. I don't know if that rating would change mm-hmm. if I got through the next four hours of the book. Exactly. So, but... I like, like I said earlier, I liked the way it was written. Uh, you know, it was a different change. Mm-hmm. I, I like this book a lot. So, shout-outs for this week, Miss Taylor. Ooh. I'm going to do Deanna and Kelly. Good good choices. The solid good choices. choices, easy, right off the top of my head. Good choices. Thank you. Um, I'm, like always, going to give a shout-out to Danielle. True. 
your sister, and once again, your parents. Because this week we have, we started from the bottom and now we are in the kitchen. <laughs> we are, and that is only because my parents went away this weekend. Thank you, mom and dad. Yeah, exactly. So, um, big news, since this will be coming out at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, <laughs> which will be Saturday, uh, May 21st, we, as in Taylor, myself, and actually our one special guest host, Deanna, mm-hmm. and Taylor's sister and my girlfriend, Danielle, will be at the... what is uh, The Gaithersburg Book Festival. Yep. So it's from 10 to 6. We will be there around 12, around noon. Um, Hand, but, we'll be handing out bookmarks, trying to promote mm-hmm. the show. So if you guys hear this prior to them, um, come out, the area, yeah. support, let people know. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah. So I, like like you said, we'll be, we'll be uh, handing out bookmarks. Um, we'll all be wearing a Off the Books podcast shirt. Uh, so, so try to come see us. Um, uh, but hopefully soon we'll be able to do uh, more events like this. Yeah. Um, this is this is fantastic. So uh, appreciate everybody always always listening each week. This is this is great. This is a dream come true for for at least me to be able to do a podcast like this. Um, but yeah, see us on Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, most podcast pla- 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 platforms. We are on Instagram at the at off the books podcasts and we are on facebook as well at off the books podcast mm-hmm. um and next week we will be diving back into jack carr and be doing his third book savage son i am so excited for this his fifth book just came out and i haven't started yet but i'm really really excited for it so. i'm excited for this and savage son is the third book right number three yeah i'm so. very excited Well, until next time, thank you for listening, and remember to keep that shit off the books. Keep it off the books, people. I'm Brandon, she is Taylor, and thank you all for listening. Bye, guys.